0: Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furnace and this is my show, Quinn David Furnace presents the Bean Town Podcast for Friday, September 3rd, 2021, kicking off the Labor Day weekend in style. What's happening? My name is Quinn David, the Karachi Kid Furnace, and this is my show and I am really happy that you are with me today to uh, see what's going on you know I, I tell you what hey Joe Rogan is slipping the whole Spotify thing and he's kind of falling off the deep end more so than usual lately I I, I tell you what man I feel like there's an opportunity for us to kind of switch places in terms of fame recognition, hair loss, all of the above, uh, don't be surprised. You guys, you're going you're to want to get in on the ground floor of this, okay? Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know this is our 191st anthological episode, but I'm telling you, the, the ground, we're still on the ground floor, in the, the elevator of life, if you will. For the Beantown Podcast uh, we, uh, We're still on the ground floor And baby this is like a This is a skyscraper We're going up 90 floors Burj Khalifa And we're going straight to the top One floor at a time So if the first 200 episodes of this Are ground floor And each subsequent Floor has another 200 episodes. Here's a here's a little pre-calculus question for you high schoolers. Welcome back to school. Maybe you're starting pre-calculus. You're going to want to whip out your uh, TI-84s for this. Which sounds like not only a graphing calculator, but definitely like a Star Wars droid or something. Right? Your TI-84s. Um... 200 episodes is the ground floor, and we have 89 more floors to go, and the first 200 years takes, or 200 years, woof, 200 episodes takes uh, almost four years. You could estimate that means we're going to be here for another 360 years, a little bit less than that, okay? So I said 200 years, wow, well, it's... A lot more than that. Uh, this is uh, our show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast. And listener discretion is advised when you are listening to this show. Number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. Although I think we're going to have a fun one today. It's going to be pretty short. Uh, I wasn't planning to record at this point in time up until about an hour or two hours ago. Here's why. This week has been, uh, it, it, what that means is that I don't have a ton prepared. Uh, we're going to be doing a little bit of fantasy football talk, um, and that's, that's pretty much it, right? A lot of people have already drafted, so I'm kind of late in the game, but the NFL season, if you do not know, begins uh, a week from yesterday. Uh, which will be September 9th. And I believe it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady playing host to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and so we will give you a little fantasy football preview, what, what's going on and why I didn't uh, really plan out. Uh, I wanted to do fantasy football uh, this on this week's episode but I did not necessarily think I was going to be recording today and so essentially what that means or or excuse me I'm rambling a little bit losing my train of thought I need to sip on my coffee a little bit more um this week was a very unique week and super busy for me, one of the busiest weeks I've had in a very long time. And kind of the perfect storm, right? I was on vacation last week. Thanks, everyone, for listening, by the way, to our Great American Southwest American Road Trip or whatever it was uh, episode. There were some audio issues. I can't explain old technology, GarageBand, but I think if you listened, you probably got the gist of it. So I'm one of those people who will stay on top of their inbox as much as I can while on vacation. Um, just because I, I really hate like when the numbers get crazy. But I really want, uh, I, I, I kind of check in on email periodically throughout the week, every day, to be honest, to keep those numbers low. But there's still a lot of things that happened last week while I was out of office that need to be taken care of once I'm back. That being said, this week was a very unique week at DePaul University uh, called Immersion Week. And I work for the law school, but but this Immersion Week is for first-year undergraduate students. And essentially, everyone takes a freshman seminar, and half of the students, their freshman seminar involves something called Immersion Week. And um, I co-teach a section of one of these freshman seminars about 25 students in it that participates in this immersion week it is one of the school of music sections there are three sections of new music students each year Uh, and so i co-teach one of them i did it last year um, I student taught this course when I was a junior in college and I took the course when I was a freshman in college. Anyways, immersion week the, the the class is like a regular class once the semester starts. It's once a week, Thursday nights, two and a half hours, something like that. But for this whole week leading up to it, all these students moved in last weekend. And this class is just um just like this, or this week is just this class right? And it's every day, Monday through Friday. And the purpose of this freshman seminar is to sort of get you integrated into the city of Chicago through the lens of one particular theme. And since these are all music students, the theme for them happens to be Chicago's music scene. Makes sense, right? So every day, it's like, and it's a lot of fun. It's a really unique concept. It's, um, very important concept, but every day is a lot of like doing some tours of maybe like historical places such as Chicago's Auditorium Theater. Um, In the past, um, in the various iterations of this course that I've been involved with in the variety of ways that I previously mentioned, we've done things like Chicago Cultural Center, Museum of Contemporary Art, um, the Lyric Opera House, uh, we went. Uh, we went up to Ravinia one time. Went down to the DeSabre Museum, right? These these types of things, and excursions, and of course it's music, right? So there's going to be a lot of like concerts and stuff, and those things mainly take place at night, as you might expect. So what I'm getting at here, in a very roundabout way of describing things, is that this was a very long, exhausting, very fulfilling, but tiresome nonetheless week and when you combine that with so I don't obviously like I'm I'm out with the class we're doing excursions we're riding CTA everywhere etc so I'm not in my office but work is still happening there's still a lot of stuff to do there's all the emails from last week to catch up on all the emails happening this week where it's like Yeah, you can do some of them from your phone while you're walking around the Museum of Mexican Art in Pilsen. But then there are other things where you just like, hey, you need to be on your computer to be able to manage this. Or specific projects, right? Not everything is just typing emails. So it's been a lot. A lot of moves. A lot of like finding pockets of time and Wi-Fi when I can. And I got lucky today. And all the way back to the point of the original point of the story, the reason I'm recording now, we were supposed to be downtown in Millennium Park right now for a gospel concert, but uh, it has been, whatever the step below drizzling is, because uh, you do not look outside right now and be like, oh, it's, it's drizzling. It's not. Um, but it's kind of been spotty this afternoon, touch and go, and... Uh, we just called it. We said we didn't want to sit in the grass, um, get our buns wet, that sort of thing. Save it for the OnlyFans. So we just did some stuff on campus this afternoon and dismissed around 3.34, something like that. It's about 5.20 right now. So I said, you know, I'm going to have a busy weekend, Labor Day weekend, three-day weekend holiday. I'm going to be going to Michigan a little bit. going to be out on the burbs, like just doing stuff. So let's let's knock this baby out of the park while we have a chance. And it's after five; work is is done. I still have stuff to do, but work is technically done. No one is expecting anything from me right now. So I said, let's get this, let's get this in, um, and let's also not make this a super extensive episode because start of the weekend. I don't want to eat into the weekend any more than I have to. I'll also be candid with you. My energy levels. I'm on my second coffee of the day and I feel pretty good right now, but it's been a lot because if you know my running schedule, you know, well, Quinn, Friday's your day off. Usually you have energy. That's why you partially why you record on Fridays because you bring the heat. Well, I changed things up a little bit knowing we're going to be having a busy weekend And also knowing that this week was just insanely busy for me. You know, I ran Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday mornings. I'm not a morning runner. You all know that. And I was, you know, normally I would run on Thursday as well, take Friday off, long run on Saturday. I said, like, Wednesday I made the call after my third run of the week, just feeling a little beat down, a little run down. I don't really want to push for another Five, six mile run on Thursday. And I have to wake up super early, kids, because yesterday was uh, a very, very long day work-wise with these freshmen. Um, And then I have to, like, take Friday off, which would be fine, but then do a long run on Saturday. I was just like, you know what? Let's take Thursday off. Let's rest up. Let's push hard on Friday, even though I still had to, like, get up and work early. Work Saturday at 8.30 this morning. Um, and that way we can have a, a longer weekend, rest of the knees a little bit. So yeah, there you go. Slept on the couch last night. Got about five hours in. Alarm goes off at three thirty. Qq Daddy's up and at him. Uh, I was out the door about four twenty. Blaze it, and I ran nineteen, which uh, I did. I did no plan out uh, beforehand, which I'm trying to do more of because I find that when I plan out a route um, or just the last couple times I've done it. I fell short of my personal expectations and then I just feel really bad about it. So lately I've been trying to just be like, let's just go out and push it. And granted that's still tough, right? Because you have to decide when you are a certain X amount of miles or N amount of miles away from home, like when do you keep going further from home? When do you make the turn towards home? That sort of thing. It's a tough call. It's not easy. You, you have to take it in the moment. And that was true today. I, I, t- I, I ran a route um, partially that I've done before. It's kind of a new thing I've been doing, uh, like the Clyborne Corridor. But I, I extended the front end of it today. Uh, I went all the way up Halstead to past the point where it's no longer Halstead but Clarendon. Um, essentially, you know, you got to jog over a little bit onto Broadway, but all the way up to Foster, over to Western, back down to Western Belmont and, uh, Clybourne. That's where Clybourne starts, uh, or ends depending on which direction you're going in. And then that's what I've been doing lately is running the entire length of Clybourne, which is a diagonal street. If you don't know that goes from Belmont to Division. So I did that, and then I, uh, I, I was feeling a little cheeky, so I ran around uh, the loop, which I don't normally do. I was able to do it because I was in there early enough. You know, the, One of the reasons I pretty much stick to the lake is to avoid traffic. Well, you're out there at 530, 545, not as much traffic, which is cool. Um, so did that, came back up to Lincoln Park along the lake, whatever, 19 miles. It was good. If I had known, this is the one downside of not planning. If I had known when I was hitting 19 that I just needed one more mile to get to 20, I would have done it to feel really good about myself. But you should have seen me. I mean, my my time wasn't fantastic or anything like that. But I felt pretty good, especially coming back up the lake. um, I kind of had a period around the loop where I was just really dragging ass. And then coming back up the lake, especially after I stopped to get uh, a drink from the water fountain uh, about Division and Lake Michigan, uh, I was kicking all the way back up past Fullerton until my exit on uh, Diversi. I wasn't, in the grand scheme of things, I probably wasn't moving as fast as I felt like I was. But I felt alive, which was great. It was cool to be able to finish that way. And then obviously I was hobbling for the next couple hours but uh the point of this entire story was like i feel pretty good right now it's five thirty, give or take but energy is going to start to come down pretty soon here as soon as this coffee runs out and you know in movies we talk about like pacing being off or pacing being really good my my pacing today not in my run but the overall structure of my day has been very strange right Because I uh, woke up at 3.30, I ran for almost three hours, and then I had a couple of Zoom calls starting at 8.30, and then I didn't really have anything from like 10 to 1. I was working though, but just like on my own time, and then I walked to work with these freshmen. And we were going to go downtown. That's where I was supposed to be right now. Thank God I'm not. But now I'm back. And so I've been up for 14 hours at this point. And it's only 5.30 p.m., but I've already kind of done a lot. So I don't really know why we were talking about this. Folks, the NFL season starts in six days. Normally we do a big fantasy football special with a guest. We've had Uncle Andy on before, the commissioner of the Great Way North. We've had uh, Hunter Bolin on before. Uh, He is the commissioner of my uh, school league and dear friend. We've had my sister on before. Uh, And uh, due to COVID, you know, social distancing precautions this year, we're not able to have a guest. That being said, we did get a sage word of advice or words of advice from my sister and uh, we are now going to read those on the air, and then we're going to jump into a couple fantasy football myths that I will help you dispel, D-I-S-P-E-L. Uh, and that will be our show for today. So let's pull up the phone lines here. Okay. So from Shish Tauwuk Sledgehammer. <laughs> what's her name in my phone? It's very bizarre. Uh, Shish Taouk Sledgehog Sally. The four S's. Sledgehammer, great. Uh, Peter, I was going to say Peter Cetera, because we were playing a Jeopardy game earlier uh, for class, kind of a fun last day thing. And one of the qu- answers to a question or a question to an answer was, what is Chicago? Um, the question, The category being, you know, CTA and the... Clue being about this rock band's original name with DePaul alums in it, uh, not in the name, in the band, uh, was Chicago Transit Authority. Yada, yada, yada. You all know that. You're a very smart audience. Peter Gabriel. Uh, not Peter Satara, not Peter Frampton, not Peter O'Toole, but Peter Gabriel sings Sledgehammer. Classic music video. I, I would love to see a list. I'm sure I could Google this of, like, the greatest music videos ever made. That's got to be top five, right? If not, like, the top spot. It's iconic, man. Uh, This is from my sister, who we had on last year. And I I was talking on the phone uh, before we started recording with my sister and asking her uh, if she would like to respond to a prompt. She chose not to. Um, The prompt was... uh, and it, it, that's totally okay because I told her she didn't have to. Uh, but it was we were specifically hoping to get at this concept of like you go into the playoffs as the number one seed, as my sister did last year. And to put it lightly, you fall flat on your face. You get upset in the first round and you bow out disgracefully, if that's a word. Um, and uh, we didn't get any response to that, but that's okay. Because here's what my sister said for the coaches this season. Okay, all you coaches out there, listen up. Stay patient, be flexible, have fun, and do what you need to do. Do what you do what you need to, comma, to win. So, if that isn't just the most specific advice I've ever heard, a lot of there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, but but thanks, sister, for sending in your insights. We really appreciate it. I got to tell you, stay patient. It's very telling to me that my sister put stay patient as the uh, the first thing on her list because, and I believe in being patient across the board, but in fantasy football, sometimes you got to know when to strike while the iron is hot. And Here's what I mean by that. And we've all done this before. For all have fallen short of the glory of fantasy football, not through works, but everlasting life. It's the gospel of Quinn. Uh, Chapter 3, verse 16. Not only does that relate to John 3.16, but it's also my birthday, 3.16. And the phone number of a home pride organ. Five four one four 1, zero zero three one six. What it's like those numbers in Lost, okay? O three zero three one six. Those are the Bean Town numbers. They just keep coming up over and over again. I know it sounds silly, but hey, we do biblical stuff. We do Quinn stuff. We do home pride organ stuff. Significant numbers, and not the dumb chemistry kind that make no sense. Quick sidebar taking gen gen chem 1 and that was all i ever took uh chemistry wise in college but just i i get it like i know if you are a chemist chemist or a life scientist like i understand why this stuff is important but i got to tell you as someone with zero passion or interest for chemistry taking that stuff was just the most like ir- irritating, mind numbing. And I don't think you can just say like useless information, make a broad sweeping statement about that. But I got to tell you, there is no scenario in my day to day life since I took that class. And I cannot envision a scenario in my day to day life in the next, whatever, 13 years I have left to live where significant figures would ever be a thing. I would ever need to know it. I would ever be interested in it. I don't care how many places to the right of the decimal point we're going. Okay? Just let me live in peace, please. I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, stay patient. Here's the problem. Not... Not the problem, but here is a significant, there's the word, problem that I see in fantasy football. Holding on, what's the Kylo Ren quote from one of those shitty new Star Wars movies? Kill the past if you have to. Let it go. Somehow Palpatine returned. Why am I in this dumb movie? I don't recall the full quote. But I see, and I'm... Uh, I am a little guilty of this at times, but you get too attached to your players. You don't have the foresight, classic uh, Gen 2 Pokemon psychic move. If you don't know it, look it up. I think you use it, and then it takes like three more turns for your guy to attack. It's like a really awful move. But you don't hit that waiver wire. As early and as often as you should, and I'm not advocating for what I'm known for, which is you know being king of the waiver wire. Uh, although I have since abdicated my throne to my younger cousin Hunter, who I think has won it, one that the transactions title the last two years, which is fine with me, because uh, now I'm right right in the middle of the curve, that sweet spot. But and not to rag on my sister, but she was the number one seed last year going into the playoffs, had a great regular season. Honestly, she doesn't get enough credit for this, but one of the greatest in, in the context of regular season results, one of the greatest drafts of all time, because she had like three transactions the entire year. And you look at that and you look at her impeccable record and her great points for, and you're like, wow, amazing job. And I give my sister all the credit in the world. I don't, know what draft prep she did, who she was reading, whatever she did. It was amazing for the regular season. Here's the problem. In 300 years, when we're reaching the top floor of the Bean Town Podcast, people, unfortunately, are not going to recall how good of a regular season you had. They're going to recall who won the title. And my sister didn't do the best job compared to some other teams of using that foresight staying on the waiver wire so that the, the and having a roster that was ready to compete in the playoffs and that's the only reason i mentioned this is because she mentioned stay patient first so i don't know if my sister is listening to this show uh, but again appreciate the advice but stay, staying patient is good sometimes being aggressive is really good as well. Uh, so thank you, sister, for sharing that. But I want to, excuse me, in the last couple minutes of the show here, um, first give a shout out to our excuse me, our sponsors, uh, Home Pride Oregon, who we mentioned already, 541-410-0316, or visit homeprideoregon.com. If you are in the Pacific Northwest and you would like your home inspected, call Steve, he's my dad at uh, that number I just listed. I'm sorry, I already said it like two or three times on the show today. Okay? I would encourage you to do that. Uh, I also want to give a shout-out to the Samson Q2U series for its crisp, clean, and clear audio quality. When God speaks, he uses a Samson. Finally, our dear friends at Cuts by Q, uh, not to get too sensual on you, but I'm hopping into the shower after this um, to, and uh, in advance... Of that, I will be shaving the back of my neck. A classic Cuts by Q move, if you will. So, uh, when you need a fresh do or just the back of your neck shaven, something snappy and new, call the experts at Cuts by Q. Okay, uh, so what I wanted to uh, get to here was um, some myths, some fantasy football myths that I can dispel. And uh, I didn't come up with these on my own because, you know, who's got time for that? But I did want to jump in to some of these myths. And the first one is... Myth. You have to draft sleepers. And just because they're, you know, I haven't read these yet. So TBD and how it's going to go. But I want to say, like, maybe the myth I agree with. So maybe it's true. Uh, I don't think you have to draft sleepers. I, you know, a sleeper is a subjective term. If you don't know what a sleeper is, that's someone later you draft later in a draft who maybe is not expected by the masses to be an excellent fantasy contributor. But some experts have said based off of their, you know, potential or the team they're on or their situation or their middle name or their hair length, like, they're going to be excellent. Um. So the myth is you have to draft sleepers. I, I'm like half and half on this. I think everyone should take one or two draft spots later, 10 plus, and... Take a, we say take a flyer on a sleeper. I think that's a good idea. I don't think you have to draft a million sleepers, uh, but what I encourage people to do, and here's really my response to this, go into the draft of the list of guys to target in all rounds. Not These don't just have to be like the random names on the back end of a draft. Um, and go out and get your guys. Now, I'm not saying overreach like crazy, okay? If you know you want... Ku, Ko, however you say his last name, kicker for the Atlanta Falcons, a popular crowd favorite. I'm not saying go get him in round nine because you really want that kicker. Um, but have your list of guys. Have their ADP, their average draft position. Get your ADP from a couple sources and average it out. Don't just get it from Yahoo uh, or NFL.com or ESPN, whomever you use. You want to get an aggregate because they do a lot of different, like, updates. Guys tear their ACLs, but their ADP is still high, that sort of thing. Um, and go out and get your guys, okay? That's how, that's how I respond to that. Myth, drafting players with the same bye week is bad. I mean, you don't want to draft 10 guys that all have a bye week in week six. Um, but you got to consider, like, pretty much without fail, unless you're Abby last year, your team that you draft you're unlikely to have 50%, let's say 60% of the guys on your team by the time bye weeks really start rolling around. That's just the nature of these things. You're probably going to have the first, not the first, but but like five or six out of your first seven or eight rounds on your team, barring injury. But after that, it's a total crapshoot, right? The guy you draft in round nine could be gone. The guy you draft in round 14 could be your league winner, right? So I don't buy too much stock in that. I would say like your first four or five picks, like not everyone has to have a different buy week for sure, but you don't want like only two different buy weeks represented among your critical mass there. Um, so don't worry too much about it. Be cognizant. But hey, if, you, if the guy you want is there, like forget about the buy week. You'll figure it out, okay? It's very rare that like, I, I can't ever recall in fantasy football having a team where I realized after, like, oh, I got too many guys with bye week 11 or whatever, and then I get to bye week 11 two months, three months later, and it's like, man, I can't believe I drafted that way, F-M-L. That's just not that's not how it goes. Uh, here's a popular one. Myth, you should exclusively draft RBs in rounds one and two. Here's the deal, guys. It's all about... Context. So how about real-time stuff? I'm a, I, I have not always been a big proponent of the classic 2RB to start strategy. But I got to say, I'm pretty sure we can go back and, and run the numbers on this, but I've won two of the last three Great White North championships. And I believe I did 2RBs in both my first two rounds of each draft. And they turned out to be fantastic players. Uh last year it was oh, I don't even remember who I had Dalvin Cook and Josh Jacobs, something like that. It worked, so but here's the thing, like if you are picking third in a snake draft, let's say you go out there, you get Alvin Kamara with your first pick, great first round pick you're gonna come back, you're gonna have what the eighteenth pick overall in the draft, and Eighth pick in the second round. Um, if you're choosing between, if you if like Devontae Adams is there, which he won't be, but let's just say, for example, Devontae Adams is there. And the next running back on the board is like Chris Carson. You're probably good to go for Devontae. You don't have to go with Chris Carson, who I think is going to be great. But second round is not his ADP. Because you feel pigeonholed into going to RBs. Okay. So it's all about context. Uh, myth you should handcuff your stud RB. Well, we should have uh, gotten uh, brother of the podcast and three time Great Way North champion Walter Furness on for this one because his draft last year was wild. Um, you look at his last like five picks, they were all uh, backup running backs, which is, I, I'm not against the strategy. I think it's great to grab one or two of them. But Walt Walt made the very intentional, conscious decision to get like all of them. Madison, Pollard, um, at least one or two others who whom I'm just forgetting. Latavius Murray probably. Um and it just didn't work out. The guys he wanted to get injured, not for personal sake, but for fantasy sake. Uh, did not get injured. And then, of course, Christian McCaffrey, who missed pretty much the entire season, did get injured. Look who comes strolling along to the waiver wire. Your boy, Quinn David Furness, picks up Mike Davis, who wasn't like a game-changing free ac- uh, free action, free agent acquisition. But definitely, I probably started Mike Davis at least seven or eight times last year, right? So it worked uh, for me not drafting a bunch of backups. I don't think it's a bad idea to grab one or two. Right? If you're between like the backup for I I don't know, the Houston Texans and the backup for, you know, Christian McCaffrey, yeah, I think it's a good idea to get McCaffrey's backup because the volume is there. But I don't know if you have the roster space to go get four or five of these guys, and I think my brother Walt ran out of roster space. Uh, let's do one or two more here. Uh, let's see. You want to prioritize? Oh, this is this is a good one. This is an interesting one, uh, and I gotta admit, I uh, I wouldn't say I struggle this with this one, but I just like mentally push back sometimes. You want to prioritize getting the best player at each position for your team, and the way, the way I read this that might not be what they're saying but I you know you draft and it's like you have your starting lineup right quarterback for us it's just no flex quarterback two wide receivers two RBs tight end kicker defense so let's forget about defense and kicker for a second and just think like you know there's a mentality when you're drafting that's like okay I need to get my two running backs then I need to get two wide receivers or in any order, but you need to fill out that starting lineup before you dip into the bench for like a third running back or a second tight end. I don't think you should draft a second tight end before you've filled out other positions, but just for example's sake. Now, the common sense says you, you shouldn't do that. Like, if there's an amazing RB three out there before you've gotten your tight end or your wide receiver two or even your quarterback, do it. And I agree with that in principle. But I got to tell you, there's something satisfying about, like, getting your guy in the starting lineup and just looking at it. And you're like, just, just the joy and mystery that week one provides is so much fun for me, at least, that I love getting that starting lineup and just being like, hello, world, this is my starting lineup. And then obviously you look back on your draft four months later and you're like, what the hell was I smoking that night? But it is what it is. Um, So I kind of go back and forth on that one. Uh, Last myth here. Don't draft a kicker or defense until the last few rounds. Now, this is tough. It's really hard to... Let's start with defense. Probably a more impactful discussion. uh, Or significant, if you will. It's tough to predict how defenses are going to do because rosters change, coordinators leave for head coaching jobs, um, and you might look at a team and their schedule and be like, oh, they're playing a lot of bad offenses. Well, turns out that offense was, whether they're good or bad, they weren't good for opposing fantasy defenses. Okay, that happens every year. So it's tough to predict. Now, I feel pretty confident in saying that like, Pittsburgh is going to be good because they have been, like, the top defense two years in a row. Or at least they've led the league in sacks, I think is what it is, like two or three years in a row. I think that's going to be good. They also get, you know, they 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 get the Bengals twice in a year. That's good. But then they got to play the Browns and the Ravens two times each. I don't know which one is their Week 18 game, um, which impacts it because you don't have fantasy that week. But... Like, I feel pretty good about the Steelers being good. I feel pretty good about the Rams being good. Do I think it's absurd to take the Los Angeles Rams in week or in round eight, round nine, plus they get the the Andy Dalton-led Bears at home week one of the season, Sunday night football? No, I don't think that's crazy. I don't think that's a reach. I think if that's the defense you really want, you've analyzed it, you've evaluated it, great, go get it. I do think, though, that, like, once you get past, like, what you consider to be the prime defenses, if there's a run on them, you weren't part of it, do I think you should like go for the defense that you think is going to be really good and no one else does in round eleven that feels a little early because like it's not a big deal if your defense gets swooped out from under you, like there's a lot of other ones, okay uh regarding kicker, I usually wait until. 14 oftentimes is when I draft the kicker because what happens is a lot of teams wait until 15. And that way with 14, I can get the guy I want. Um, And then I just take another random flyer in 15 because I'd rather get the kicker I want um, just to feel good about myself. Uh, I don't think you should really be drafting a kicker before 14. But hey, if you really want your guy, he's sitting there in 12 and there's no one else you're in love with. It's Justin Tucker or Butker or whatever you want to do. Great. Go for it. Okay. At the end of the day, have fun, like my sister said, and uh, just be yourself. Get your guys and go nuts. Okay. Uh, th- those are my uh, words of wisdom for you. And uh, I promise a shorter episode. It's, I wouldn't call this short, but I've got nothing else for you. It's almost 6 o'clock. I have to pee. My coffee's gone. And that's about it. So I hope if you have not drafted yet in your fantasy football league and you are still going to draft in the next six days, I hope it goes well. Uh, I hope you are well rested and feel a little bit more informed now. Thanks, everyone, uh, for listening to the show. I hope you enjoy your long weekend. Uh, The days are getting significantly shorter. I'm seriously noticing that, which I hate. But uh, we're also getting some of that fall weather, which is great. Not yet, but in a couple days, a couple weeks maybe. That's what I have for you, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you do something fun this weekend. Go out, go wild, get nuts. And, uh, oh, I jumped in the lake last Sunday. That was cool, literally cool. It was very cold. But I had a good time, too. Uh, Do it once a summer if you can. My name is Quinn David Furness. I am the Karachi Kid. Hello to everyone in Pakistan. Thank you for listening. I hope everyone enjoys themselves. We're going to cue up some music here. I'm going to encourage you to stay safe, stay sane, and you know I'll check in on you next time. Bye, everyone.